Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. Welcome everyone to the first, sort of first official episode of the HarperDB Podcast Select Star. Um, today we have two HarperDB um, team members on. I'll be interviewing two of our co-founders. We have Kyle Bernhardi and Zach Fowler. Um, Zach is our chief product officer and Kyle is our chief technology officer. And um, just wanted to chat with them a little bit about kind of the origins of HarperDB, hear a little bit about you know what what we've accomplished so far, what we're looking forward to next year, and chat about a couple other just general topics in tech and um, software development. So, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Margo. You. Happy to be here. Happy to be here, virtually here. <laughs> exactly. Be e here. <laughs> awesome. Well, to kick it off, um, I'm curious to just hear from both of you a little bit about your background in general, kind of how you met, how the HarperDB team came together. I know sometimes that's a, a fun story to tell. <laughs> uh, I guess, Zach, I'll go first. Yeah, you were the... I have the longer were, history. Uh-huh. Agreed. Cool. Um, yeah, so Stephen and I met, I think it's, uh, yeah, 10 years ago, so it's been a decade. Um, I was working as a full-time employee at a company called Coresight, downtown Denver, and Stephen was a consultant uh, doing Coresight's Salesforce implementation, um, and they were transitioning the project over to me. So Stephen and I spent uh, a full month together in a small conference room, um, and worked together on, you know, transitioning just like knowledge transfer of what he had done so far, as well as finishing up uh, further work, you know, and I think if you get to spend a month with someone in a small room and you still get along, like that's a good sign. Um, and, you know, Steve and I, not just, uh, it wasn't just that we worked well together. We also became friends through that process. Um, but, you know, after that project and he rolled off, you know, we uh, obviously stayed friends and had talked about working together in the future. Uh, about a year later, Stephen had started a consulting firm um, and I was brought on as uh, his first employee um, as a lead engineer. Um, and then uh, Fred, Fred Yoon, who's one of our other co-founders, uh, was one of our first employees. and. Stephen and Fred were on a plane together coming back from San Francisco and they were talking technology and they just really connected uh, the company that Fred was working for fizzle um, needed uh, technical resources. They had been off uh, consult, like basically farming out their technical work and Fred realized they need to start bringing it in house, um, but they weren't quite there yet. So we were doing some of their, work as consultants, um, which then leads into Zach. So Zach, I'll open it up to you to talk about your origin story with uh, Steve and Fred and myself. Yeah, that's the that was the nexus. Um, so I, uh, the long and short is I went to college, then I dropped out, then I met a girl, she sent me back to college. Um, 
And then after I finished college, I went back into the trees working as an arborist and started putting out um, resumes. Steven and his team uh, brought me in for an interview. They still make fun of me to this day about how nervous I was. (laughs) Uh, During that interview process, when Steven tells you to not be nervous, it's hard to not to continue to be more nervous as he (laughs) <laughs> lurches <laughs> forward into your face. Don't be nervous. <laughs> um, and so that's how I got started as a junior developer at the uh, consulting company Steven started. And from there on, uh, we met Kyle. We all vibed well. We all had our own silo of unique information that we shared, and it just pushed things forward. We We didn't know what we didn't know, and we would just do anything that we could do that we thought was awesome. And uh, we all liked doing it that way. Um, Then Fred found us and brought us even closer together on a bigger project. And that brought us even, uh, that put us in a, you know, a a boiling pot. And you learn a lot about each other when you're all very um, under a lot of pressure. And, um, and if you can get along after being under that kind of pressure with each other, you can basically get along with any, you know, you'll be able to get along forever because you just understand everybody's edges. Yeah. yeah I, I would also say to uh, Jake Cohen, who uh, is doing our project management, he was an intern for us at the time uh, at that same consulting company as cloud root was the company's name. Um, so, you know, we, uh, sort of had this, synthesis that the company before we all moved on together to fizzle that company sort of was like the 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 wet concrete before it started solidifying and it's really cool to see like obviously the core team has stayed together and we've picked up people along the way um that have also gelled with us um which has been pretty great uh zach reminded me too i forgot to do quickly i guess like what my background is i just jumped into like how we all met. And so um, I uh, studied uh, exercise and sports science at Penn State. Um, And then thankfully, it was the late 90s with the tech boom. And they were hiring just about anyone that uh, could like learn didn't necessarily need at the time I was in Boston. And you know, the resources for tech were pretty tight. So they were hiring really anyone off the streets if you had a had some smarts some cases not smarts um, but I started out in tech support um, just bottom of the barrel grinded it out for two years in tech support and took some classes in programming um, I knew that um, I wanted to build things um, I wanted to have that creative expression plus logical expression I feel like engineering and programming specifically it has this really unique meld of creativity plus um, using like science um, and that really appealed to me and I took classes uh, I'm primarily self-taught and I've learned a lot from a lot of people along the way um, and yeah just like I've had good managers I've had good co-workers and I've had good employees and just along the way I'm just continue to just absorb the information from as many people as I can to just keep, keep learning. Um, but also, you know, to continue a little bit of the story about like 
how we all met, like obviously you heard how we met and then um, we got a choir hired by Fizzle uh, and that was uh, Steven, Zach, myself at that point. Um, and so we came on as like the core engineering team for Fizzle. Um, and that, like Zach said, that was like a real uh, trial by fire. Um, they did big data analytics uh, for sports and entertainment and real-time visualizations. Um, so Zach and I spent a majority of the summer uh, getting ready for and then aggregating every single tweet around the World Cup. Uh, that was a really crazy summer. We also did things for like HBO boxing and you'd be like, well, that sounds fun. But like when it's your technology that's on the screen powering, you know, people at homes voting around who they think is going to win a ballot or whatever, and you're praying that the system stays up because if it goes down, they will just immediately turn off the graphic and you've lost that business. Uh, we certainly didn't want to lose something like HBO boxing. Um, so was stressful but we learned a lot um and it really just formed the genesis of our company because at its heart it was big data and we created this really complicated data system um, with multiple databases a custom middleware just to try and keep the data flowing in as near real time as possible while doing you know natural language processing and all this other data aggregation um it was just super complicated um and that's really what created the foundation of the vision for HarperDB, which is simplicity while still being able to do uh, work with your data, but not put the onus so much on the engineers that are trying to create something unique to them and not have to spend a majority of your time and money managing this big data pipeline. Um, you know, when we started, uh, uh, Harper DB, like I was saying, we sort of picked up people along the way. Um, Kalen was doing uh, product management for us at Fizzle. And so it was Stephen Goldberg, Fred Yoon, Zachary Fowler, myself, and Kalen were the first people um, that came on the Harper DB. And we're all brave souls that are still here for almost four years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Four years. <laughs> seems like the stars have aligned and it's you guys make some interesting points I think both of you alluded to kind of the fact that the whole team has has a history and has been through a lot together and Zach as you said if if you can make it this far you know what can't you make it through and I think for me being almost coming up to my two-year anniversary with the Harpity B team I think think back to my first impression of when I met everyone was wow you know, these people are super geniuses, but also my second thought was you can tell that these are just really nice, genuine people, which I think is so important, probably to Harvard to be success. And the fact that there's been so little drama and so little turnover. And as you said, that people have stuck it through, you know, when you have four founders, sometimes that can be complicated. And I think it's really cool to see the teamwork and just the excitement that has continued to build and, and, you know, that lack of a lot of the drama you hear with tech startups. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've had uh, some good conversations with friends that have started their own companies or been very early stage companies. And uh, that's really become clear to me too, that um, we're really unique in the sense that we do have like founder drama is a real thing in startups and 
obviously everyone's deeply invested. It's not just because people are petty or um, trying to hurt other people. It's because they're invested. But I feel like the drama can come out of um, really misalignment. So people don't truly have the same vision. They don't have the same values um, or the same mission. And that's really what's critical to uh, a company, any company, but early stage companies, especially because you're creating something from nothing. So having a clearly defined mission, vision, values, and having everyone that are key members of the team to start and then really every member afterwards it has to resonate with those people um, because if it doesn't that's where it creates conflict mm-hmm. um, because uh, it drives your decision making or at least it should decide to drive your decision making so if you're ever in a position where you're like well, what should we do you can always refer back to your mission your vision and your values uh, and then that should at least give you some um, guideposts to at least how you're going to choose what to do next. But um, we've really been unique in the sense of one, having uh, really a cohesive team. That's not to say that we don't disagree, but like Zach said, we know how, uh, like what our languages are and we know how we, um, like when we get mad, how do you communicate to someone when they get triggered, right? And like, how can I turn into their ally when it seems like we're in conflict at, at this point in exactly. time. And, yeah. and also like how, not to avoid, not to be avoidant, but it's just like, if I do this, I know this person's going to react in this way. So maybe I'll approach it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's helpful in not just for founders, but any relationship that you yeah, have is like under, I say yeah. that about my relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like understanding that other person and having clear communication, just super important. We're humans, right? And even when we're doing business together and work together, we're still human. Um, doesn't yeah. change anything. Yeah, that's that's Back really thoughts. good. <laughs> uh, no, I I agree with all that. I think uh, it was paramount into us jumping from company to company because we began to understand our limitations, our triggers, our understanding of you know, that person's not in the mood to talk about this. I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. Things like that, that, that prevents conflicts and, mm-hmm. you know, you can wait a day and then reapproach something. I think that has been good for all of us. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I would say too, like for anyone that's like thinking about starting a company, um, and you're going to bring someone else in, uh, you know, spend some time with that person, get to know that person. Um, it can be challenging. Um, but like, I also have had a lot of personal growth through the, you know, the joys and the trials that I've had with, you know, not just the my co-founders, but everyone in the company. Like I've learned things from everybody. Um, that's not just because we've always had good times, right? We've had hard times too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an important reminder too. Awesome. Um, Cool. Well, one of the next things I was wondering is what's it like going from a technical or, you know, software developer background to to being in the management role and becoming co-founders? So um, kind of pros and cons of that and balancing, you know, doing doing the technical work that you need, but also the management duties that you have on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Certainly, I'll I'll start that one off. 
to be perfectly honest, it's a lot of work. Uh, like any startup book that I've ever read or that you've ever read, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of perseverance. Um, you need to be organized. You need to have co-founders that you can work with and employees that you can, I mean, you hire the employees, but the hiring process is also kind of like a facade. And then you get the person in and then the person goes under pressure and then you really start to bubble up their uh, real personality and not their uh, interview slash new guy, uh, new employee personality. Um, but going from being in the weeds to adding more things that you need to be technical about, you need to understand marketing, you need to understand sales, you need to uh, understand the personas that you're marketing to. Um, and it is a lot of work, but having um, capable um, co-founders and employees helps you distribute and uh, helps you create more ideas instead of just your own repeating in your head because even you i me i get into circuits and the only thing to really break me out of my circuits is new questions and new perspectives and so that just helps you push things forward so you're not one getting tunnel vision um and even though it's hard work it's extremely rewarding um, doing ideation and design and research and conferences, like going when we had conferences that were real. <laughs> I loved, I loved being at the conferences and traveling for the conferences and uh, talking to all the people who would just walk up to you and be like, "What's HarperDB?" And you would just start saying the words, and the words became more real. Every person, every uh, interaction that came back to you, they're like, "Oh." The next day they come back, wow, I checked out HarperDB. This is a really neat project. This is a great project. I'm really excited that you guys built this. And it becomes less ephemeral and more solid. And and uh, and now, uh, almost four years later, it's it's gone from nothing to uh, a 20-plus person business. And that's been uh, – the reward for that is, um, is I, I don't have much to describe it. Uh, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, so from going from like an individual contributor to a founder and leading a team, um, it's been the most challenging thing I've ever done. Um, it's also been the biggest opportunity for growth that I've ever had. It's forced me, like, to be really honest, in the first uh six months, I think one of the things I struggled with the most was dealing with the weight of making decisions. And that sounds like so small, but I, it freaked like every, and I'm, I'm CTO. So uh, the technical decisions are a majority mine. I, you know, my approach to leadership is more like power with not power over. And what that means is like, I'm going to work with people. I'm not going to dictate top, top down. Um, but even still, the decision is still ultimately mine. So I will still like aggregate information, get people's consensus, but ultimately the decision is mine. And I really felt the weight of that, um, you know, from technical decisions, because realizing what we decide now determines the path forward. That also carried forward in things like, what's our 401k going to look like? And 
what is our marketing messaging looking like? Because with five people, we were all doing that. And so having all that input together, for me, that carried, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, what that really exposed to me was like really a lack of self-confidence. Um, and that's not to say that like, well, I'm some like alpha person that's re that'll be like, I just make all the best decisions now. I still make bad decisions. Um, but I try to temper it and I'm also okay now realizing that, um, it's not all on me. Um, I have a team that I can, uh, rely on and they will also tell me when I'm wrong. Uh, and I will listen to them. <laughs> um, and I also own up to when I'm wrong and I made a mistake, uh, and I'll try and make it as right as I can in those situations, because again, we're all human. Um, but that was very challenging, you know, managing staff um, has been very challenging at times. Um, we have a really good team and we have a team that really works together. Um, and so uh, I feel really fortunate in the sense that there's very, when we're talking about founder drama, there's minimal founder drama. There's also minimal staff drama. I think we found a way to like understand who are the people that we really enjoy working with? Because um, in the past, we had a really hard time differentiating those people, right? And it's not to say that there's good people and bad people. There's people that work better together. And there's some people, and there's environments too. So there's the personalities, there's the approach, but there's also the environment. So a startup is a very uh, intense scenario and especially very early on it's very intense because the stakes are high you don't have very high runways you need to get out to market quick um you also need to be making like decisions you make may have like a hair's breadth margin of success um and for some people that works really well like some people work really well under pressure and they're able to work um like that brings out the best in them for other people that brings out the worst in them um, and so we've started determining how, like, and it's not like we have a magic equation, but um, in this last tranche of hiring, like Margo, when you came on and Aaron and David and Sam, like we had this awesome, like I call it like a class of employees and like every single person was excellent. Every single person has very, like, while you are all different, um, you all are like similar in the sense of like you um, are like you have your own defined personality. It's not like you're just like whatever you want from me, boss, I'm good to go. But like you have your own approach, um, but you're also willing, you're adaptable, eager to learn um, and believe in what we're, we're doing. I mean, it's super reduct reductive, but like those are some of the things that like when I hired like Aaron and David both, they were like, they were like, not trying to talk me out of hiring them, but they were sort of like, well, I don't have a ton of experience in exactly what you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, I don't care. I can, like, you are a good person. Uh, you want to learn um, and you're smart and I like you. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm psyched to work with you. And I know we can bridge that extra gap. And the thing is like for Aaron and David, both as examples, like their experience from before has really helped us moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so while they felt like they didn't know what it was that we're trying to achieve is like building a new database and all this other stuff, 
like their knowledge base from the past has really helped push us forward. And even though they felt otherwise, mm-hmm. we've proven wrong. Um, <laughs> Got imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Um, real. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's, you know, so challenging but rewarding, I think, is the real short answer after I said many, many words. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I think, I think both of you have the similar consensus of challenging yet rewarding and, and a learning process. And um, when you were talking, Kyle, about just the pressure, the pressure of management and, and the decision making, it was reminding me of um, one of the best managers I ever had. It was kind of my first boss when I got a real job after college, real job in quotes. But um, I remember one time I made a mistake and and was feeling you know, really bad about it, thinking, oh, what could I have done differently? And and I had a meeting with my manager at the time and he said something like, you know, in a position like mine, when you're leading a team, when your employee makes a mistake, it's important for me to go back to the drawing board and see where I could have trained differently or what, what I could have done wrong or like what gaps mm-hmm. I could have filled in. So it was so cool that he took a lot of that weight on his shoulders. Obviously that's not always the best case if you have someone that's messing up left and right or not paying attention or, you know, but it was, it was just awesome to see, you know, and I feel like you and both you, Kyle and Zach have a similar outlook on it of taking a lot of the weight on your shoulders, but also giving people the independence to make those mistakes and learn the way they need to. Yeah. And um, I think like, especially now with COVID and we're all working from home, like the, there really is no other way to do this now. And I think it in some ways was what we were already doing um, was uh, you know, I like to see myself less of like a leader and more of a guide. Um, and so like working with the team and to help them, like I'm a lot of times when they're working on a problem, I'm learning about the problem with them. And, um, you know, I trust the team we have, we have an amazing team, uh, and I have a ton of trust in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but like, it's not like, a situation where I trust and then when things break down I'm like well you it's this was on you guys it's exactly what you're saying about your manager is like um if we messed up it ultimately is is my responsibility um and like I don't like playing the blame game it's mm-hmm. more like let's just find out what happened how did we get here and how can we do it better mm-hmm. um and so the one thing I always like to think about too is we have processes in place um, and I don't want to just rip things down just to rip them down, but I'm always looking to do things a little bit differently if it serves us um, and do things a little bit better. Um, you know, and like kind of as a sidebar, like we at 10 o'clock every morning, just like almost every engineering team, we do a daily stand up. And especially now with COVID, it's about my favorite time of day <laughs> is like I get to, you know, see all these faces that I've worked with for years and uh, it's actually kind of cool because now I'm we're actually in each other's homes a little bit and we get to see each other's dogs and sometimes like uh, you know a partner walks through the room you get to say you know hey Jill or whatever you know and like you know Zach's daughter is on sometimes and so you know there is like this extra level of intimacy that I think we get to have with each other like it's not like we're just in like a sterile office together. And while we're all separate and there are challenges with that too, I do in some ways kind of like this environment that we have where, um, 
we get to collaborate and it's probably unique more to engineering because it's a little bit of a siloed profession to a degree. Like we collaborate, but then we also go off and, you know, code up on our laptops by ourselves and go to Slack and be like, Hey, how do I do that? What's wrong with why? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like this time has actually, we've actually refined some of our processes that we didn't probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, if we were still in an office, um, because that being physically together, I think it can mask some of the inefficiencies that you have because you just insert yourself, like you just keep inserting people in and interactions in, uh, to overcome the fact that maybe me going to Aaron every time to ask to, uh, kick off a build is masking the fact that maybe we should automate that process. Um, and the fact that I have to do it through Slack or get on a call with him, it just exacerbates that process. Right. Um, you know, just as a, for example, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get what you're saying. I was just talking about that the other day about how, even though we're all feeling disconnected and a little lonely and, and siloed with quarantine, there is this new level of kind of global connectedness and that mm-hmm. we're all in this together. And as you said, being in each other's homes and, um, it's kind of interesting thinking about, you know, the benefits that will come out of it. So I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. But, you know, there's also lots of days where I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, I want to quit. You know, like, I, I don't like, there's like, to be really honest, there's been lots of days where I've struggled. Yeah. Um, but lots of days I haven't too. Yeah. You're human. I think that's common. <laughs> Great. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about HarperDB product itself. Um, I'd love to hear a little, you know, how far HarperDB has come, uh, maybe specifically just in this last year. You know, what are your favorite things about HarperDB currently from a technology perspective? And, you know, what are you most excited for that's going to be coming in, in 2021? Zach, if you want to start. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, going from nothing to a database as a service uh, has been an epic journey. Uh, We pushed the go button for database as a service in early uh, 2019, and we got it out to the market in, uh, let's say, May. You mean mean early 2020, right? It was like Uh, January. Right, yeah. Yeah, early 2020. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, man, that, ti- that timeline was a lot. <laughs> that timeline was long, right. Uh, sorry. We started okay. the database as a service journey at early 2020, and we got it out to the market in uh, May of 2020. And it has been running smooth ever since. Every single person was all hands on deck. And that was just an amazing endeavor to endure and to be a part of. Um, I did the, I personally helped with the, um, AWS well-architected review because our database as a service is hosted hundred percent on AWS currently. And those guys gave us a big thumbs up. They thought we did a really good job. Um, and that was good to hear from, um, somebody who is considered a guru in AWS for a bunch of kids scrambling together to put a product out on the market. Um, Smart kids for that matter. Um, 
also people with experience. I, I will say, Zach, like the like the undertaking that the team did, everyone like everyone involved had a lot of experience in AWS. Yeah. And building resilient systems. Yeah. Um so it wasn't you know uh I mean it wasn't, it wasn't blind people monkey. like Throwing, yeah, we weren't blind. Throwing, <laughs> throwing keys, slapping on our keyboards. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we had a lot of words <laughs> uh, in AWS. So that has been, that was just like the highlight of 2020. Um, another thing, since things have stabilized a lot through those endeavors, um, I have been managing support tickets and um, clients that are currently using HarperDB and watching and seeing and being integral in their development of their really awesome projects is just amazing to say, oh, I'm just a small unit to this whole bigger, bigger project that they have developed against mm -hmm. HarperDB. And you know, even though we're kind of a crux or a linchpin in that whole distributed application, um, and I'm helping them um, push the application farther and further and make it more efficient and more resilient, um, just working with them and uh, has been an amazing process as well. I just like being a part of those projects. I like seeing our project be a part of those projects. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting it into more hands of more people to be reinvigorate that feeling <laughs> over and over again. Chase that ghost because that, mm. that, feel, that feels good. Yeah, so um, I'll repeat what Zach said, the fact that we, at the beginning of this year, uh, in January, we realized that two things. Uh, one, we needed uh, a cloud offering. It was feedback that we had gotten from various entities and individuals for a while. Um, but we realized we were really at a point where we needed to, um, in order to reduce the grit for people to even just get hands on our product it just had to be push button had to be as easy as possible and really hands off for them because for some people like they hear it be like oh you need to spin up like in a you know a, a linux vm you've already lost them um and so the fact that someone yeah. can just like go on click a couple buttons spins up uh it's really in some ways ephemeral for them the project really was important. called Easy Button. I just it was to... called Easy Button, right? And I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like I think I I was just thinking about that this morning, Zach, and I was just like, there was like so much like uh, subcontext to that because it's like it's almost like tongue in cheek because in order to make that project happen, it is not an easy button. Like the level <laughs> yeah, of work right. that the team had to do. Um, so that was the beginning of the year was cloud, like Zach said. And then the other thing too was um, while our data model was uh, awesome, our data storage mechanism that facilitated that was not. Um, and uh, it enabled the model, but it did not enable performance. And so really in tandem, so beginning of, the, beginning of this year, we determined both of those things. And so cloud is like a greenfield huge undertaking um and then the data storage mechanism is really like ripping a part of your product down to its studs and then building it back up um it's really like almost like you rip your foundation out from underneath your house and pour new concrete so it's on a stable footing um and so um we had to do both and both were 
uh, delivered in tandem in May, which was amazing. Um, and uh, like both of those things are my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, like from a technology standpoint, I love our cloud offering. It's facilitated so many conversations like Margo is, I'm sure you can attest to because you're key in a lot of those conversations and the ambassadorship of our product. Um, like, you know, every, almost every uh, webinar that we host, people are using our cloud piece. Uh, and then also, I don't think we've given enough uh, credit to Jackson who's built our studio. Because I think like when you talk about cloud, like the studio sort of rolled into that. But like this super sexy interface, um, like every time I use it, I'm like, whose product is this? This thing is shiny. Yeah. <laughs> like Jackson has just done an amazing job with that. Um, you know, I'm super proud of uh, our enhanced uh, data storage mechanism. Um, that's very selfish on my part uh, because I did it. But <laughs> um, I am really proud of that part. But that's also on the shoulders of some amazing people in the community with LMDB and then the node community that has built a library around that um, for us to use. Um, and just some really wonderful people. Like I'm the past couple of weeks have been messaging back and forth with the main maintainer of that. And I'm like, what a great guy. Uh, <laughs> a really nice guy. You know, but I think really my favorite thing, not to sound cheesy, my favorite thing about HarperDB is really our team. Um, because we wouldn't have all this technology, we would not have these feature sets, we would not have any of this without the team behind it and the people that are creative, passionate, um, and smart uh, to make it all happen and work together to make it happen. It's not just on the engineering team, it's on the marketing side, it's on the sales side. Uh, it's on the you know biz dev side. There's all these units that we're working together as a cohesive unit, and it's like really just to be cheesy, is like our team is my favorite part. Um, and so for the upcoming year, you know, really what I'm looking forward to is obviously the continuation of the technological vision for HarperDB. So we now have a very strong foundation, um, and so building off of that. Um, so making uh, the distributed nature of HarperDB more enhanced, so with sharding, uh, enabling true distributed querying, um, and then some boring things, but are really important to me, like uh, like backup import built into HarperDB. Like I'm looking yeah. forward to that um, mm -hmm. because that cycles over to Zach's side of the world, which is uh, distribution mechanisms. Um, and also people just spinning up net new instances based off another instance. Like there's a lot of use cases and also just crash recovery, super boring, but like, I'm super pumped to get that in there. Um, you know, but on top of that, the thing I'm really most looking forward is just executing, uh, on the business side and getting our product in more people's hands. Uh, like Zach said, I have really enjoyed seeing the delight that um, our customers have started to have around seeing performance, seeing ease of use, um, and not dealing with as many of the headaches as that they've dealt with in the past with um, data pipelines. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have you know, some deals that I can't really talk about right now, but I think 
they're going to be really transformative for some big organizations um, that really trickles out to people's sort of user experience in the real world. And so while it'll make companies' lives easier, it's actually going to make individual people in their homes' lives better. And my whole thought is around just uh, a company's and a company in general is like if you're not making something that makes people's lives better, you uh, may want to rethink that product. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know that was like our whole goal is to make things simpler, make things more accessible. Um, and I've really enjoyed just seeing that happen for people. Yeah, and I think. I think one thing that's great that both of you touched on too is is seeing the reactions and feedback and how excited people get. I mean, I I love, you know, getting emails back and connecting with people that after they try out HarperDB, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this existed. This is amazing. And and all these different things that people are excited about. And having our um community Slack channel and the feedback board and even connecting on social media and things, I think that's been such a great way to cultivate this feedback and kind of this excitement. And it's it's so cool to see people's requests on the feedback board, no matter how big of a request or how small and boring it might be. It's it's really great to see the product team um, kind of prioritize that and putting that feedback into action in real time. Um, it seems, it really does feel like everything's gotten to a point where things are just are moving along and just, you know, going well. It's going smoothly. It's like, Right now, I think everyone's super excited for the things to come in 21, but it's also important to look at all that we did this year. So, yeah, um, I mean, you know, this year was obviously it was a scary year for many reasons. Um, but I, you know, I'm super grateful that we have all been able to get through it together with mm -hmm. grace. Um, and, you know, mainly, like I said, together. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's important to remember too that come January one, it's not just going to be a completely no. different world. You keep seeing all these memes and things about only X amount of days in 2020, and it's like <laughs> I don't know why people think that things are just immediately going to flip. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it's you know I I think it's um, you know with things like vaccines and things like that. I I think we're starting to see you know people starting to feel some hope. Mm -hmm. um that we can you know and i don't have any illusions that there's things will go back to exactly the way they were right um because you know like we talked about earlier just because you were doing something didn't mean it was the right way of doing things right. um and so there will be a new evolution of work there'll be a new evolution of collaboration also that won't be the right thing either like we're all gonna keep figuring out what and there's never a right thing there's never it's never like okay and we figured it out and it's done right. um it's, an evolving. It, it's always yeah it's always like you solve one thing and it presents new challenges which turn into new opportunities um that then turn into new challenges this is this ever evolving cycle mm -hmm. um and which is great because otherwise it'd be pretty boring yeah um, you hit that plateau you just flatline like we did it and we're done. <laughs> I, I, I guess we turn off the lights. <laughs> yeah. I like the undulations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I definitely feel um, like in the challenge mode, I definitely get like salty and grouchy. I was just, I was just in that place yesterday where like I was dealing with Jake and Aaron. And I apologize for them this morning because we're working through 
an issue and I just was like, I'm just over this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but like getting through it, you're like, okay, we, we solved the problem. We made our product better. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we did this together. Um, but like, you know, I definitely in the moment, I'm just like, nah, why do I have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I, moments. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I, this has all been really interesting. And even though I've heard kind of the founder story before, and um, you know, we've had discussions, I, I learn something new every time. So it's it's fun and interesting for me. Um, and I think it will be for other people too. I just have one more question. That's can I ask you a question before yeah. I'm gonna turn the tables? What are you What are you most proud of? From this past year i'm gonna just the same question you asked us i'm yeah. curious like what are as someone that's outside of the engineering team i'm really i want to get that like sort of flip perspective maybe what are you most excited about from this past year and then going into new year yeah um well not to be a copycat but i was thinking about that earlier today and mine also what i've been most excited about is around the cloud release i think as you both mentioned, that was there was so much work put into building that and getting content ready and product awareness. And it's been so cool to see our user numbers climb pretty steadily. I mean, it seems like as of late, it's been every single day, you know, just a steady climb of, of new people trying it out, um, you know, repeat customers. There's, of course, some people once in a while that go in there and, and sign up for the studio, register through the studio, and then never even spin up an instance. Mm -hmm. so, a lot of what I do also is trying to connect with our users and figure out where was the roadblock? You know, why didn't you mm -hmm. stop an instance or, or what are you thinking? And there's always going to be that. Um, I think sometimes people are just curious. I've gotten a lot of responses of, oh, I, I didn't have time to check it out. But the most rewarding part is that when people do, as I mentioned, the feedback has been so awesome. Mm -hmm. um, if there's ever complaints or any negative responses, it's not, it, you know, it's, it's not usually something that's actually about the product or it's something where it's like, oh, hey, let's just point you to the answer to this. Maybe you just misunderstood. We actually can do that or we do have the functionality for that. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's been super fun. It's been so cool to connect with the developer community um, with me not having a software developer background. I, I've learned a lot this year. Um, and then just getting more content and resources out there, I think has been super helpful. Just getting our lives from events, our written tutorials and content and all these things. Now this new podcast, I think will be a fun additional resource. So that's what I'm most excited about. And just, you know, doubling what we're doing now. I think doubling that going into next year is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. You've done such a great job of uh, just, you know, fostering our community. And uh, I think you deserve some credit for having a number one article on DZone earlier this week too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing when I go into meetings with you and you explain everything so well and <laughs> fluently, like you're really technical. And I've just like, she knows these things. And, I mean, you might know the words and you might not know exactly what's happening underneath those words, but you've been a great evangelist uh, in you all the meetings. And make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. That's that's super nice. And yeah, I mean. As you said, Kyle, I think that the whole the whole reason this process and experience has been so um, enjoyable is just because of our team and how passionate people are, and um, you know just how great things are moving along, even when there's a bump in the road. It's like everyone stays pretty positive. So I think that has an amazing effect. Um, awesome. Well, should I ask my one final question? 
We can yeah, do it. Quick one. Yeah, ahead of me. Yeah, we're doing uh, fine on time. So, well, yeah, my I'll... last question was just less Harpity B related and just either what's your favorite programming language currently and or what other tools and technologies are you currently excited about or currently making your life easier or something that's coming out in 2021 that you've been watching? Kyle, you kicked this one off. All right, I'll do it. Uh, well, you know, uh, HarperDB is written in Node.js. Uh, and it's definitely my favorite current language. Um, you know, but uh, I, over the last couple of years, have not had a lot of time to really learn a new language. Um, but like the underpinnings of Node is C and C++. Um, and there have been some awesome li libraries that we're using, like I said, LMDB for our, facilitates our data storage. Um, C, C++, and I'm like, I think I need to uh, revisit, my very first programming class was a C class, um, and I need to, uh, I really want to really get back into like C and C++, it'll help me understand more of what's going on under the hood um, of like our core framework. Um, from a technology perspective, um, I've been really intrigued with a product called NAT. Um, which is a message broker. Um, they're doing some really cool things around like distributed messaging um, in multi-tenancy environments um, and also multi-regional global messaging. Um, really interested to see what they're doing that, especially in regards to like message persistence. Um, I find it a very interesting competitor to Kafka and uh, and especially in a much uh, easier uh, way to manage from a DevOps perspective. So that's um, something I'm really interested. Uh, they have a new release. I think it's coming out at the end of this year and I'm really excited to see what comes out of that release. It seems really feature packed. Um, and yeah, both Jackson and I are kind of keeping our eyes on that. Um, uh, another programming language I like also keep threatening myself to learn is Go, um, uh, just because I it's um, it's Go routines seem really efficient. Just I think it would be just a I think I could learn some new patterns through learning that language. Just some personal development. Um, yeah, that's like some key things for me so far. Awesome, Zachary. Yeah, um, so most of my time is spent in development operations. Um, my favorite, I've always been, I've been an advocate for containerization since Kyle and Steven and I were at Fizzle. Uh, Docker was not even production ready at that time, but I began using a HashiCorp's Packer uh for docker and vms and i have been um holding on tight to the docker uh, container not even docker containerization paradigm 
Um, and with that, I have um, fallen up into an abstraction layer that uh, helps orchestrate containerization deployments. And Kubernetes has been a uh, the leader in orchestrating containerizations as well as um, abstracting cloud providers infrastructure. So now you can have uh, Kubernetes clusters in um, AWS, you can have Kubernetes clusters in GCP, uh, Google Cloud Platform or Azure, and the Kubernetes cluster is somewhat homogenous across all those so you can deploy your containers um, without writing directly to that particular cloud provider's API. Um, that is just a powerful tool for development operations and deployments and configuring large-scale applications and large-scale deployments. Um, it, it, it's just been neat to watch a technology go from not production ready to, um, you know, it's the, it's the hot word of, of the new DevOps, um, uh, you know, headlines. So um, that has been one of my favorite things. I think um, I usually say HashiCorp as a technology, they put out a lot of great development operation um, projects. Um, Terraform is a great project. Uh, they did a um, vault, which is a key store, is a is a neat project for managing your encryption and decryption keys, your um, security keys to get in and out of um, your applications or your terminals, for me, for that matter. Um, and that's kind of where I've been heads down. I, like Kyle said, we have been extremely heads down. I don't look up too much from these technologies besides some of the headlines that come up about uh, the new offering that a new cloud provider um, provided. And uh, a lot of the new cloud providers are actually providing uh, their own Kubernetes uh, deployments. So like mm -hmm. my one of my recent endeavors has been to get the new HarperDB Kubernetes um, uh, one-click deployment on DigitalOcean. They provide a framework for going in and clicking a Kubernetes application that then deploys on a Kubernetes cluster within DigitalOcean, and um, HarperDB will be up and running in that cluster with the click of a button. Uh, so this has been uh, a good year for me and the containerization realm. Um, my knowledge of just kind of sampling knowledge throughout time has accumulated to a, 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 a group of knowledge for for uh, these endeavors and it's and now I get to apply it which is um, is awesome great yeah that all makes sense and it's it's that just reminded me Zach um, Kaylin and I and Jake were just talking earlier about um, Kaylin's sort of explained by non-developer, series that she's been doing in, in the blog writing. And I think that yep. they decided that her next topic would be containers. And oh, cool. Jake was saying oh, nice. definitely a topic that's often misunderstood and that a lot of people, you know, maybe throw around and don't, don't fully get it. So I think that'll be, that'll definitely be helpful for me. That's for sure. Awesome. Um, <laughs> awesome. 
Great. Well, this has been super fun, guys. Thanks again for taking the time to do this. And um, as I said, this has been super interesting for me. I'm excited for kicking off our, our podcast. And if anyone's listening and ever interested in being a guest speaker, we're um, hoping to have lots of different speakers and topics featured next year. So don't hesitate to reach out. Um, but yeah, appreciate it, Zach and Kyle. And Kyle, I forgot to compliment your cool orange is it orange plaid blazer that you're wearing? It's, it's red plaid. Um, red you plaid. also, hang on one second. So thank you. Um, it's not just the blazer. Oh, it has magic pants. Slowly moving the standing pants. down. Nice. And then I also just bought Newton. Ah, damn it. Hang on. <laughs> the shoes too. It. So Newton running. Oh, they oh have the red plaid Newton running. Oh my god, those are epic. <laughs> that I is need awesome. those. And I'm also Putting wearing a belt that has Sasquatches on it. So um <laughs> I don't get out at all. <laughs> well, I, I know not everyone can see you know what I'm seeing because it's gonna be probably audio only. So I just had to compliment that. That's pretty sweet. Maybe we'll snap a picture and make that the the face of the podcast. Uh, Joy, Joy took a picture of me before this, and I can send that to you if you want to see it. <laughs> Love it. Well, hey, thanks again, guys. Um, I think this was perfect, and we will, um, I guess, see you next time. Awesome. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you, Margo. Your faces. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Bye.